God, we have an expectancy in this place. God, I have an expectancy that not one person leave the same the way that they have come into this house. God, I thank you, God, that you are dwelling even amongst us on today. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room today. If we have grieved you, Holy Spirit, if we have quenched you, we are godly sorrowful on today. Come, Holy Spirit, do the work that needs to be done in this room. And Father, as I minister the word unto your people, I speak that their hearts are open and receptive to receive this engrafted word with meekness, for it is able to save our souls. And I thank you that on today, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And everything, Father God, today that has come to attack us have to bow down right now in the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And everything hath to bow down in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And God, I thank you for a shifting in this room. I thank you for a suddenly in this room. In Jesus' name, we just honor you, we glorify you, and we magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's hear what the word has to say unto us today. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings, the 15th chapter. I know that God has a word for his people because I was the first partaker of it. Amen. So we want to thank God for his word. And we'll be looking in 1 Kings, chapter 15. I'll begin at verse 11. First Kings, chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. I'm reading out the King James Version. And while his word is going forth, <clears throat> we want to honor his word because he is the word. And the word of God now reads, And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. And also Micaiah, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kedron. Kedron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. Now I want to talk about high places. I want to talk about high places. And I believe that God is doing something in the house because last week he talked about applying the word. And we know we talked about um, being a doer of the word and not a hearer um, only because you would deceive your own selves coming out James 1. So God want to add on to the word that we had last week. And the reason why God is doing this is because we actually can be a doer of the word, but we can still have high places in our lives that we haven't truly let go of. And if we don't let go of those high places that are in our lives that we are exalting above God, it's getting in the way of what God has already done. So we see that this King Asa here, it said that he done good in the eyes of the Lord. The things that he done were right in the eyes of the Lord. And I like how Asa, he didn't put anybody before God. It even said his mother, what he did with his mother when she was worshiping idols. And it says she was worshiping 
you know, those idols in a grove. When we look at a grove, um, that's a place where um, they plant trees, a grove. And what they were doing under that grove, it was like a high place for them. So this is why God said, I want you to cut down those groves because they were using that as a high place to go in and worship other gods. So even Asa, he um, told his mother, you can't be queen. And the reason why is because you're worshiping other gods. Come on, somebody. When you're in a right place with God, you don't put mother, you don't put father, you don't put children, you don't put nothing above God. So that's why it said that he was um, right in the eyes of God because he didn't let nobody take God's place. And I believe in the body of Christ, we all say that we honor God, but when you honor God, you do what his word tell you to do. You honoring him by taking him at his word and not going outside of his word. I have seen so much in society, I have seen so much even dealing with Christians that they're putting people and things above God. They're looking at God like he's nothing. And when you have something that is above God, that's your idol. That's who you trust. That's who you believe. So with Asa here, when he took his mother from being queen, he was showing them, he said, not even my family is going to be put in the place of God. So I was saying, okay, God, if he moved his mother from being queen, but then it said the high places were not removed. Now, this is why it was saying the high places were not removed. Remember, a high place is a, a place that's elevated. It's on a mountain or on a hill. And what they would do in these high places, they would go up there and burn incense to these other gods. So they were putting those gods above God. How? Because God said, have no other god before me. So they were still doing these things. So I said, God, if his heart was so right, then why were not these high places removed? And the Holy Spirit began to show me this. We can all in this room saying we're doing right before God, but there's still some hidden things. There's still some things that we're holding on to that we don't want to get rid of. But we'll say, if God say do this, we'll do it. But if your heart is not right before God, if there's anything that's in your heart, God will show you those things and say, yes, I told you to do this. You did it. But you still got a place in your life you don't want to let go of that's above me. That's what a high place is. It could be your money. It could be, um, you know, your job. Anything you put above God that you give first place in your life is your high place. And God said those high places have to come down. If God is telling you to do something, then you do that before you do anything else. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. That is a promise. But then God began to show me, even with this king, the reason why some of the high places were not um, removed is because he was the king of Judah. And some of the high places was under the jurisdiction of the king of Israel. So he couldn't go into his jurisdiction and do something because he was the king of Judah. But then God began to show me other kings. And when we look in 1 Kings, uh, I believe it's 23, we're going to go through this briefly. It was Jehoshaphat. And it said that Jehoshaphat, he walked in the way of the Lord. And in 1 Kings 22, um, verse 43, it said, And he walked in all the ways of Asa, his father. He turned not aside from it, doing that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away 
for the people offered and burnt incense yet in the high places. So look at this. It said he did just like his father did. Asa was his father. He followed after his father, but he still didn't take the high places down. Now, the Lord showed me this. He said, when we accept him as our Lord and as our Savior, we are born again. We have been accepted in the kingdom of God. The part of us that got changed is our spirit. That's the part of us that's perfected. That's the part of us that the enemy cannot touch. But the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion, that's the part of us that we have to renew on a daily basis. And if we don't renew our mind, the body is going to follow what the mind is saying or doing And that's not what the word of God says. So when we look at Asa, when we look at Jehoshaphat, it said they done right in the eyes of God. You may see yourself doing right, but there's a place in your life that you won't let go of. And the Holy Spirit is there to show you those places in your life that you're not willing to let go of. He's there to show you the people in your life that you put in before God. God said, have no other God before me. Now, there's other kings, even in 2 Kings, it tells about other kings whose heart was right before God. But then it goes on to say the high places were still not removed. So this is how it is in the body of Christ. We may come to church. We may participate in different things. We may do all of this and all of that. But if your heart is not right before God, or if you have something in the place of God, it's going to mess up your fellowship with God. And this is what the enemy want. Y'all got to understand the enemy want to be above God. He want to be exalted, so he's going to use whomever and whatever he can to put in the place of God to make you feel like it's okay. Why do we feel like it's okay? Because when you do something for so long, it don't bother you no more. You think that's okay. This is the way life is. Because if you never get into the word of life, the word of God to let you know what you're supposed to be doing, you thinking what you're doing is right and it's not right. So the enemy will keep letting you do that. You have the mindset of this is what I supposed to be doing because it's good. Everything that's good don't mean God is in it. Because the enemy will set you up for defeat. He will set you up on missing out on what God has already provided. And this is what happens when tragedy come in our lives. That's when we get real low. That's when we're ready to humble ourselves and say, God, I miss you. God, I've been in a place with you that I didn't know that I was out of place with you. I haven't been in that place that I need to be in. That's a high place. And you don't want to wait till something come hit your home to recognize I have put this and that before God because you have the Holy Spirit to tell you when you get out of your place. He's only going to testify to what God is saying. So when you go through the book of Kings, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, you're seeing good kings that said their heart was right before God and the things that they removed, but they didn't remove everything. But thank God, God always have a ram in the bush to come right behind those kings to clean up what they didn't clean up. And this is what God does in the house of God. When you got a person teaching you and they're laying out the things that I'm laying out today, God said, I'm giving you an opportunity to cut down these groves. I'm giving you an opportunity to get rid of these high places because evidently the enemy is setting you up for a fall. 
So God give you that opportunity to let go of this. And y'all, I'm telling you, as I was reading this and reading about these kings and God was showing me their heart was right, but yet they did not remove these high places. And I'm saying, okay, God, show me, is there a high place in my life? You know, because you can do so much good and you can be humble, you can do this, but it could be a place in your life that the enemy is feeding off of that you're not aware of. So the more I stayed in there in the word of God, the more I had to stop and I had to seek in for myself and say, God, if there's any pride in me, God, if there's anything in me that I have refused to see, show it to me even while I'm in this teaching because I don't want nothing to take your place. If I put my husband before for you if I rather do something before I even come before you God show me what it is and that's when God give you the opportunity to what to tear it down why did God want them to get rid of these high places we have to understand that these people were in Egypt for 400 and some years they were up under Pharaoh and they were doing um, Pharaoh was doing some things, some abominations. They was doing some stuff. Y'all, you couldn't even imagine. And these people were around this stuff. But when they started crying out to God, I'm telling you, God, hear the heart cries of his people because everybody know in this room what you're doing in darkness. And I'm here to tell you whatever's in darkness is going to come to light. Your dark place could be in your mind, your way of thinking. You haven't done it yet. But you're thinking about it over and over again. You're pondering on that thing. You can't rest because that thing is forever before you. If you get in a mental picture of that thing, you already done done it because you're seeing it. See, once we see in the spirit, we're going to have what we're seeing and we can bring it in the natural. The enemy know this. So if he can get it in your imagination, how does he do it? You keep repeating that thing over and over again, meaning that you keep looking at that thing like it's okay. It's okay. You may be doing it in your mind, but guess what? You still sinning against God because it's a place in your mind that has took God's place. So God said it's time to get rid of these high places. When they were in Egypt, they watched all of their ways. But when they cried out with their whole heart because of those taskmasters, because they were in bondage, I don't know about you. I don't want to be a slave to nothing. And some of us are slaves in our mind. And, and some of us are trying to hide these things that are in our mind. You know, I would never do that. You already done it. Because the Bible even tells us that a man or woman don't have to sleep around to be already slept with somebody in their mind. So if you haven't slept with them physically, but in your mind you see yourself in the act, you already done committed adultery. See, people got to realize, y'all, this is real. You playing stuff out in your mind and you thinking it's okay, but God says it's not okay. You can't sleep beside your husband and you seeing another man in the bed with you. That means that you've been thinking about that man too long and you looking at your husband as another man or you looking at your wife as another woman. How do we do these things? Because there are high places that we're not willing to tear down because we think that's our makeup that's what I'm made of and if I get rid of that I would be nothing that's who I am that's not who you are the bible said therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation that means old things have passed away your old way of doing it is passed away the old man has died behold see there's a new man Because all things have become new. Where? How? In Christ Jesus. 
You couldn't do it yourself, but the enemy knew, I got a plan. He said, even though you're born again, even though you have accepted Jesus, he said, I still got a hold on you. Why? Because you belong to me. Even when you were in the world, when you crossed over, you still got some things in you that was rooted there before you got born again. And the enemy knows just because, y'all, we think we have accepted Jesus, that's not the end of that. You got to go into the word of God and get transformed and get changed. That means through the renewing of your mind, through the word of God, if you never pick up this word, you're not going to live like you're saved. A, a, a drunk person can act nicer than a saved person. Nobody won't know the difference. A drunk will give you some liquor quicker than a saved person will give you some Coke. Coca-Cola. They will do it. They'll be nicer to you. A sinner will be nicer than a saint. And people are like, I don't want what you have. You won't even give me what you got. So that's why we have to take the time. Y'all, this is the truth. This is our spiritual food. If you don't feed off of this food, you're not even going to understand what I'm saying. You're going to take offense. Why? Because you're so used to what the world does. You done made yourself a part of what the world does. You're trying to justify what you're doing according to the world. But you already been justified according to Jesus Christ. You have already been redeemed. The price has been paid for all of your sins. You already been sanctified, set apart. God said, why don't you accept what I already done? The reason why is because whomever you're hanging with or whatever you're doing, they're not where you are. And I I, I have always been told whomever you associate with, that's home you become. If, If a sinner... And a saint is hanging together. And that saint ain't telling that sinner about what the word is saying. Then that saint going to end up backsliding. Because they're going to believe more what the sinner is saying than what the word of God is saying. Why? Because a sinner will stand before you and repeat the word of God and ain't even saved. And the saint is sitting there and ain't even been in the word of God. And then accept what the sinner is saying. And then they're right back where they were before. So this is why God is saying, you have to remove these high places. And that's why I give you the Holy Spirit to help you to remove these places in your life. Don't get offensive. When somebody come in and tell you what God is saying, you're saying, God, this is how I do it. Lord, if it's me, show me me. Show me the place in my life that I yet don't see. I have learned in my life when I was growing up with my grandfather, man, he was so word-minded. And everything he said, it was so smooth, but it, it come from the word of God. So when he would say something in my mind, I'm like, nah, uh-uh. I, uh-uh. I don't know about that. But he's always stuck to what he said. It didn't matter what you think, what you thought. He always stuck to what the word of God was saying outside of how you felt. He didn't care if you got mad. He didn't change his mind. He didn't care if he didn't have no friends. He didn't change his mind. The song he sung was, if I don't have a friend in this world. He said, I'm going to do what the Lord says do. And he would sing that song all the time. And 
as I got older and as I started serving the Lord, I would say, why did Granetti sing that song all the time? And the Holy Spirit would let me know that was his spiritual uplifting. Because he had so many against him, even family against him. Even some people that were close to him didn't understand his talk, didn't understand his walk. They called him a root worker, but it didn't matter. I remember I would see tears coming down my granddaddy face and he would not move off of what the word says. I remember when I was small and and I believe God allowed me to see some of these things for where I am now. And I remember granddaddy would sit by the heater and he had this blanket around him. And Granetti told us, he said, I got pneumonia, but the word says I'm healed. And he had tears coming down his eyes with the blanket wrapped around him. But he stood on that word. He did not um, go left or right from that word. He said, I know what God said. God said, I'm healed. And if God said, I'm healed, I'm healed. I may not look like I'm healed, but I know God said, I'm healed. So I am healed. And guess what? He was already healed. He come out of that house just like nothing was going on with him. Why? Because I believe that the high places that tried to take over his mind, that tried to make him feel like that place was above God, that he shut it down and he shut it off and say, no, this is what God says. See, you got to get rid of these places before they take root. If you hang around a person that's trying to change what you believe, you need to cut them off. The Bible says you're supposed to separate yourself. But I'm seeing more people join the world than they're joining what God is saying. You got too many people that's scraggling the fence. They got one leg over here and they got one leg over here and they don't want to let this go. That's a high place. Because any time that you're putting even money above God, above coming in and fellowshipping in the house of God, that means that's your high place. You don't believe God can supply. You believe you got the supply on your own. No, I'm working on Sundays because this is what I have to do. I'm the man. I got to take care of my family. But I'm here to tell you that if your heart is right with God, And they put you down on Sundays. The only thing you got to do is turn to the king of kings. And the Lord of lords and say, God, you said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And God, you said, don't forsake the assembling one to another. God, this is what you saying. And I know you said if a man don't work, he don't eat. But God, my heart is in the house of God. So you can change any man's heart. That need to be changed. And guess what, y'all? We got witnesses in the house that did not stand for Sundays. And they're still sitting here. Why? Because they weren't going to put a job over God. That's a high place. That means when you mess with my job, you mess with my money. So, God, I'm going to put you down here. And I'm going to put my job up here. And this is why you're seeing people not have even with the jobs. They're working twice as hard because they're putting it in a high place. God said it's time for these high places to come down. So the Holy Spirit is even ministering in this room to let you know you have a high place. And as long as you keep that place before God, you're not going to get what God has provided for you. He's already provided it, but you're not going to be able to walk in it. You're going to always have a struggle. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and it adds no sorrow to it so if if the job is such a blessing 
Why am I so sorrowful and struggling on the job? Something is wrong with that. So that's when I need to stop and say, God, am I making this job my high place? Am I putting this job before you, God? Because you said have no other God before you. So then God began to take me back. We're back over there in Egypt. Y'all know God brought the people out. When they cried out with their whole heart, God brought them out. But the next thing that God had to do in bringing them out, he had to change their way of thinking. See, they come out of Egypt, but Egypt hadn't come out of them. See, we have come out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So that means we don't do what the world does. That means that when we walk amongst the world, they know we're different, y'all. And how do they know you're different? Because the lifestyle that you live. You don't do what they do no more. You don't hang around people that's always talking foolishness all the time. See, when you let your light shine before man, it's going to expel that darkness. I'm telling you, a person that's a true believer, when they walk in the room, everything shuts down. TVs begin to turn. Because you're getting respect from the people that know the life that you live. So they come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. So their mindsets had to be changed. So everything that they needed, God proved himself. He bought water from a rock. He bought bread from heaven. But then after all of that, when trouble came, they were still complaining. What were they saying? Oh, if I was back in Egypt. They were going back to where they was. How many of us say, folks, when something happened in our lives, y'all think just because you're saved, nothing ain't going to happen? This is why God has given you power. This is why he has given you authority. He said the heaven and the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth I have given to the children of men. Meaning that you have to take authority here on earth. He said I'm in heaven. He said that's my jurisdiction. But in order for me to come out of my jurisdiction. He said I came to make my home. Y'all better hear me. On the inside of you. So you got to give me permission here on earth to do what I need to do. What do I mean by permission? He gave you a authority to the earth you have the key to the kingdom here on earth so what are you going to do he said what key do you need today to be turned in heaven he said you got to open that door he said i gave it to you but if you don't use the key the door is going to stay shut if you are sick you already healed use the key and we're crying oh lord i'm in pain oh lord he said i can't do nothing else my son done bled He done died. He done took 39 stripes. He done got whooped for every sickness and every disease. And you telling me to heal you? Come on, be real. That's just like the boss laying your check on your desk. And it's still on your desk. And you saying, why ain't you paid me? He said, I gave you the check last week. You got to be the one to cash it. I done wrote it out. I done signed it. You got to cash it. Well, excuse me, every last one of you. Some got direct deposits. It's already gone before it hit the bank. And if he laid it on the desk, you don't went to the bank on your lunch break and uncashed it. You ain't leaving it on no desk. So, Daquan, tell me why we just let the word sit. Because we got high places. We got places in our mind where we're thinking the word don't work and this is above the word. You know how I know? Because we don't shut some things down. Because we want to keep it running because it's about image. 
Look at your neighbor and say, what image do you represent? Say, because that's an idol. Say, anything that you done built above God is your idol. So those people that come out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness, y'all. And God took care of them in the wilderness. Oh, my goodness. And surely, if he's taking people in the wilderness, taking care of them in the wilderness, why do we think he won't take care of us here? Anybody? Come on now. They're in the wilderness, apostle. They ain't got no light. He was the light. Come on, they ain't got no maces. Miss Mary, no belt bearers, no dealer. <laughs> See, we can agree with that. No food line, no piggly wiggly. They have all them necessities, but they trusted God. They come out of Egypt and they're in a place where it's just nothing. And God said, the reason why I took you this way, it was 11 day journey. But I wanted to take you around this place. You know why? He said, because you're getting ready to enter some land that I know you ain't ready for. And if you go into that land and they defeat you, you're going to give up. He said, because I want you to take them around. I don't want them to enter that territory. What am I telling y'all today? God said, some things he don't let you go into because you ain't prepared for battle yet. This is why you got to assemble yourself together so you can get ready for battle and quit trying to be something you're not and running naked and bruised. So God had to prepare them for the promised land. Everybody's picking a promise out the Bible but ain't prepared for the promise. We pick them out. We call them out. But we don't believe them. We have to prepare our hearts, y'all, to receive what God has already given us. You don't just go on my testimony. See, my testimony has some experience behind it. You don't know what I had to go through. You don't know what I had to give up. Come on, y'all, a job. A job that give you benefits, that give you 401k. Can you imagine somebody that crazy to give up all of that? For stubborn, stiff-necked people. People that say you're taking my money. Please. Come on now. Then I had the audacity to obey God. Then that man over there that I thought that would keep that. He's going to come off too. It was real then. I said, God, I ain't got nobody to hold on to but you. Now he want to quit his job, so ain't no insurance. Ain't no 401k, ain't no life insurance, ain't none of that that y'all got. And y'all talk about me? What have you, have you given up a high place? Have you put yourself in our place to say I'm a thief and a robber? Thief and a robber ain't going to give up no job. They're going to still keep a job and keep stealing. That's just how smart they are. But when you give up something for Jesus, it don't matter what the people do around you. God's going to take care of your house because you let go of stuff that you never thought that you would let go. Come on. This is the funny part. Now, we can let go of it if it was only us because that's two miles. But, Lord, we had two more. That jolly green giant back there and he could eat. Had Ariel. He had the audacity. When he was born, he ate all the time. So when God told me to come off the job, I'm looking at his big self. 
And I'm saying, okay, God. Then here come Mary. Then get a prophecy. You get ready to have another child. The devil must be alive. So see what God do. He puts you in a place to say, can you still trust me? See, this is where the Egyptians were. See, they were okay crying out to God in Egypt. Because, <laughs> see, they saw everything in the world. But when God said, I'm going to take you out of Egypt, they were okay, Jennifer, when it was handed to them. Come on, we got water now. We got some bread from heaven now. But when it was still and nothing was happening and war came, why didn't you leave me in Egypt and let me die? Is that not us, darling? When the money don't look right and we start complaining, God said, okay, you got a high place. You got some Benjamin Franklins above me. Because no matter how low the money get, you're supposed to trust me enough to know I'm still God. To know I'm going to still take care of you. Y'all, it's easy to say hallelujah when there's money in the bank. Come on. It's easy to come in here when your body ain't in pain. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. But as soon as your body get in pain, you're like, I believe I'm going to stay home today. I just can't bang again. I'm just going to stay home. But God said, can you trust me in your dry place? Can you trust me when things don't look right? Y'all, this is how you know you really don't have no high places. Because anytime something come in your life, you ain't turning to a high place. You turn into God. And that's what God is saying today. I want my people to turn totally to me and nothing else. See, that's how you know that God is still God wherever you are. When you can say, God, even though it don't look right here, I still trust you. You ain't trying to make provisions for yourself. Come on, we all get in that situation where we're trying to think, well, I got this ready over here. I can still count on this. High place. I got Visa over here. I got Discovery over here. I got Sita over here. I got platinum, platinum over here. So, God, when I give out the money over here, I still got all these over here. But what's happening when you run all these up? What you got? See, that's why the Bible said, he will never leave you, nor shall he forsake you. He will be with you even until the end. That means when everything fails, his word will never fail, y'all. So that's why he said, you got to trust me now. You don't wait till something happen and then start trusting me. Because guess what? You're going to go back to the same pattern. You need to glorify me and trust me outside of what you see. God said, let me be real in your life now. So when things come, you're going to trust me outside of how you feel or outside of what you're going through. God want to be number one, y'all. And this is what he was telling his people. When you go back to all of these kings, God was setting up these kings, but these kings had priests, they had prophets, and they had to go in line with what God was saying through those priests and through those prophets. So when they got out of line, that prophet would come tell that king, this is what you need to do. Or that king would get instructions from that priest or that prophet and say, this is what need to happen. This is what need to take place. So what is God telling us today? My word is your instructions. So whatever you're going through in your life, you don't have to call me. Get into the word. Talk to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need a word today. I need the word today. Because if you wait on somebody to give you a word, guess what? It might not be the word that God wants you to have for that season. But if you're in front of God all the time, God's going to send you the right now rhema word that you need for that situation. 
And you're going to know why, because you're going to have so much peace. Perfect peace that passes all understanding that will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. So these kings had a good heart towards God. Didn't say a heart. It said that they looked good in the eyes of God. So, but they didn't remove the high places. So God began to show me this. We talked about Egypt and the things that they went through in Egypt. But then he showed me kings, y'all, that what these kings didn't do, they done. So it tells me that there are people that God put in place that whatever is tore up that didn't get done, he's going to use them to do it. So guess what? If somebody missed something, God got somebody to take off from what they miss and fix it. And this is what we're supposed to do. You don't let nobody be in front of you and you know they're doing wrong. And you don't tell them what the words say concerning what they do. You know what some people say? Well, they want to do like they want to do anyway. Let them go ahead and do it. Mm-mm. Because you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Do you think that he's going to let you stand in front of somebody that's going to do something to hurt them or hurt somebody else, and you're going to walk past them and not tell them what the word says? That's taking the blood off your hand. But if I tell them, they ain't going to like me. And Jesus said, the world hated me. Don't you know they're going to hate you because of me? Because I am the word? But once you do it, the blood is off your hand. You don't go outside of what the words say just to satisfy man. Because whomever you put above God, that is your God. That is who you trust. That is who you call upon. So God began to show me, even in the word of God, after all of these men, about six kings, did not remove the high places, he began to show me one man, which was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah... The Bible tells us, go with me to 2 Kings chapter 18. And I want to show you what Hezekiah did. 18.3. This is Hezekiah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places and broke down the images and cut down the groves and broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses um, put up and the children uh, was obeying God through that because they began to worship that. Verse 5, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered wheresoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Ezra and served him not. Now look at this. King Hezekiah. Remember all those kings we talked about. We get to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah done what they did not do. And it said that he was prosperous and God was with him. Why? Because Hezekiah, he tore down those high places. What am I telling you? We know that we already prosperous y'all through Jesus Christ, but the prosperity and stuff that God has already provided for us. And it's not only money, it's help, it's peace of mind, it's all of that. We're not receiving it the way that we need to receive it because it's a high place up there. But Hezekiah, he came in and he tore down everything. He got rid of everything that was not like God. He left no high places. Y'all, y'all thought Hezekiah was good, right? Mm -mm. God had another one that succeeded every king. Now I'm going to go back to Solomon. 
Y'all know Solomon that said he was the wisest king. God gave him an understanding heart. He, was, he had a lot of wisdom. And he loved the Lord. Matter of fact, y'all know that was David's son. What did he do? He allowed women to turn his heart from God. Come on, we got some Solomons in this place. We got men that's allowing women to turn their heart from God. And this man had 700 wives, 300 concubines, Jesus. 700. He had to keep all them wives happy. 700 wives. And I'm going to say something right here for you men. Some of y'all are just like Solomon. You done slept with 700 people. How can I say that? You sleep with one woman, she done slept with 20, 40. Add it up. So we got some Solomons up in here. Carlton can say, you the man all you want. Ain't uh-uh. That's a whole monger. That's what you call that. Ain't, ain't no man. It's sleeping around with that. When you sleep with one, whoever she slept with, you slept with them too. You can't say... Well, I only slept with one man. That's what some women say. No, you didn't. That man done slept around with every woman he can find. You slept with them too. So he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. And look, y'all, wait a minute. He had all of that, right? And then he began to set up different altars for these women, for them to worship their God. Come on. These women turned his heart away from God so he set up high places for them to go worship what was he doing putting those women above God come on Solomon had riches but he rather put those women before God and guess what happened that's when the kingdom began to divide that's when you had Judah and that's when you had Israel southern and northern kingdom why because he put women ahead of God so God had to take away those kingdoms but he left what one was it one or two he left that because guess what Jesus had to come through that so this is what I'm saying to you don't think that you're getting ahead with high places don't think that you're getting ahead if you got high places in your life because if you got places in your life that you're not willing to tear down then you putting that above God but then we had another king y'all he far exceeded even Hezekiah. His name was Josiah. And that's in 2 Kings 22. And when he began to reign, y'all, he come in there, he began to repair the temple. He began to tell them, I want you to bring money in here and I want you to pay the ones that's working on the temple. He began to set things in order in the house of God. He didn't stop there, Brother Willie. And 2 Kings 23 this is what he did. He went in and every king that has set up high places or allowed high places, even down to Solomon, he came in there and tore it all down. He tore everything down. He set everything in order. But guess how he done it, y'all? I'm going to give you the clue. This is how we get rid of high places. The Bible says when this king heard the word of the Lord, which was the law, the commandments of God, his heart turned totally towards God. Let me say it again. He did the changing when he heard the word. And when he heard it, he went through 
the places and tore down everything that should not been put up in the first place because he was honoring God and his word. What am I telling you? Do you know why we have high places still in our lives? For one, our heart ain't right. And you know why your heart ain't right? Because your heart is hardened. It's more sensitive to the things of the world than it is God because you're not in the word of God. Josiah heard the word. And as the word, whatever the word said, he went through that kingdom and he began to do it. So God is telling you today, in order to tear down these high places that you may have built up in your mind in which these high places are strongholds, in order to tear them down, they got to be rooted up first. And the only way that can be rooted up is through the word of God. And the only way that could happen is you got to be more sensitive to the things of God than the things of the world. And the reason why you're not sensitive to the things of God is because you have hardened your heart towards God. Because you have been in the world so long doing what the world has done that you're thinking it's okay. So when somebody come to you and try to tell you truth, you get offensive and say people jealous. People just jealous. No, God is sending you a word right now to tell you these things have to be uprooted so they can be torn down. This is why he said, I have called you to root up and tear down. Those are those high places that are in people's lives that's keeping them from moving forward in the things of God. Can I tell you how you can know you have another high place if you're a leader in the house of God? And your leadership, the way you're leading is not effective. There's something that's there that you're putting above God. When you put God first, you'll be able to lead the way God wants you to lead and it won't be a struggle for you to lead. Because God gives you an anointing. Every person that God put in position, he anoints you. He equips you for that position. It is no screen. It is no struggle. You don't have a problem when people talking about you because God have anointed you for what you do. But people that's already complaining is because they're not where they need to be. So they complain. But see, when you complain, you remain. But when you praise, you're raised. God raised you and put you in a place. So the more people you see complaining in leadership, it's because there's a high place. Look at the three that come against Moses and Aaron. Korah them. They complain. God already put them in a place. But they want to go higher. They want to go above the place they were in. They wanted people to look up to them instead of looking up to Moses and Aaron. What happened to them? They went very low, didn't they? Right up under the earth. Why? Because they were coming against what God was doing. They weren't coming against Moses and Aaron. They were coming against the work of God that he put in the hands of Moses and Aaron. So when you come against God's servant and they're doing his work, you only dig in a pit for yourself. And sometimes the enemy make you feel like you're right, make you get a crowd to follow you. They got 250 leaders to follow them because they wanted to be in the place that God put Moses and Aaron. Moses didn't put himself there. God put him there. And then he told him, I'm going to put Aaron beside you. They didn't make that decision. God made that decision. They just had to accept the call. But those people were so jealous. Because they want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be attached to. So guess what they begin to do? Go through the crowd and talk and whisper to the other leaders. See, if you get the leaders, you're going to get the head. That's what the devil wants. 
This is why he sent people out. Y'all, it ain't the outside, it's the inside that's affecting the church. It's the inside. The outside will not know what the inside is doing, not let the inside tell the outside. So see, it starts inside the house. Inside, take it outside. That's when outside join in. But if inside keep inside, what's inside, outside ain't going to know. That's why you come inside to get the gospel to take it outside so the outside can come inside and be taught. That's good, ain't it? That's the anointing. So that's what God does. So what we do when we're inside the church, we come together in unity. We come together to do the work of the Lord and whatever God has assigned you to do, then that's what you do up under the anointing that God has given you for that call. But when you come in against the person that God has put over that place, you're coming against God and you shall surely fall. So they fell because they had high places. That high place was pride. And that pride come from Satan. He said, I will exalt myself. Above God. But guess how he's doing it? Through us. He need a body. So as long as you let the enemy use you, and as long as you think you're better than somebody else, oh, I can do that better. If I was in that position, this is what I, but you ain't in that position. So you need to be quiet. See, it's too many people saying this is what I do. But God didn't anoint you for that. So if he didn't anoint you for that, guess what? You need to be quiet. And you need to humble yourself and allow God to do what he need to do because you're digging a pit for yourself. So we look at Josiah. Josiah done everything that God told him to do because when he heard the word, his heart turned to the word and he obeyed exactly what the word was telling him to do. When you look at um, 2 Kings um, 23, I love this part about Josiah in verse 24. It says, Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and wizards and images and idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and Jerusalem did Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which was written in the book and that the priest found in the house of the Lord. And I like 25. And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart This is the key, and I'm going here. With all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you all a key, and I'm going to close. Do you know why Josiah could get rid of everything? One, it was because of the word. You have to be in the word. But your heart, your mind, your soul, And all your strength have to be towards the Lord. How can my heart, my mind, my soul, and all my strength serve the Lord? I'm going to tell you how. And this is what the Lord gave me, and I believe it will meet you where you are. I'm going to start off with this. How many in this room, when you met your first love, or you thought it was your first love, when you met them, you had to talk, did you not? You had to communicate. You had to get to know each other. You had to know their likes and their dislikes, right? And in order to do that, you had to talk. You had to communicate. You had to find out about them. They had to find out about you. This is one thing that I say in relationship. Keep your business to yourself. 
I don't care if you think it's love. What you done outside of that person is your business. Because if you give them your business and they ain't your mate, they're going to fry your behind. Because when they get mad at you, everybody's going to know your deepest, darkest secret because they're angry. They're going to put you under the jail, not in the jail. They're going to tell everything you distributed, everything that you sold, every lie you done told. You know why? Because when Peter come out the pants and Lucy get untied, you tell everything. Because you got that feeling. In the midst of that feeling, I love you, baby. I love you too. We're going to be together forever. You mine and I'm yours. All of me. Heart, mind, body, soul, and all your strength went into these people. Mm-hmm. And you communicate. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You communi- can't miss, even on your lunch break. Hey, baby. I just want to say hello and let you know I miss you. Oh, how I just love you. <laughs> then he called you back. Hey, honey, I was so glad to hear your voice. I heard them sweet nothings. Yeah, nothings. <laughs> and every day is like clockwork. You follow the same pattern. You begin to love them with all that's within you. And nobody, Jennifer, can tell you any difference, not even your mama and your daddy. Your mama and daddy say, get away, get away, quick quick, as you. You don't know them mama like I do. They love me, mama. They love me so much. Nobody never made me feel like this, mama. Nobody never called me 5 o'clock in the morning to say, if you up, you don't even wake me up, mama. And daddy say, I know them. I've been a dog once. You always be a dog. I know a dog from far off. And then the wife will say, you dog? You need to leave him alone. And this is the key here. I know the people. This is why I'm going somewhere. Get rid of them Canyonites, Sodomites, Gurgisites. You don't even mix up yourself with them. The daddy say, I know them, the Gurgisites. You can't mix with them gorgeous eyes. But you don't know they treat me real good, daddy. They love me like the daddy say I'm his daughter. Uh-huh. I love him with all my heart. All my heart. All my soul and all my mind and all my strength and all that's within me, Phyllis. I love him. I love him. I love him. You can't tell me no different. So they let you go on. You gave them everything. I'm going somewhere. This is what Josiah done when it came to the Lord. He gave him all of him. Do not tell me you cannot give God all of you. Because if you give a man and a woman all of you and you telling me you cannot give God everything, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the more time I spend in this word, y'all, I forget who I am and where I am. Because I have dedicated my life to him. That means my body don't even belong to me no more. It belongs to God. That means that everything that he tells me to do, I do it because I love him with all that's within me. 
And when you love him with all that's within you, he don't have to tell you to remove nothing. You remove it because it's getting in the way of your relationship with God. I'm going somewhere. Anybody that get in your way with a natural relationship, a guy's ready to beat them down. A girl is so scared the guy going to find out. Don't come over here no more. Don't even call me. You ain't messing up my. You ain't messing up my good thing. You ain't messing up my relationship. Lose my number. Because you feel like you got a good thing. Oh, y'all, come on. The Holy Ghost is speaking in this house. But we don't want to let go of nothing for God because we look at God as being nothing. Mm -hmm. We do. We put him on the back burner. It's okay if I don't do this for God but I'm going to do it for my husband. It's okay if I don't do this for God, but I'm going to do it for my boyfriend and girlfriend because I know they love me. But then when you find out they got somebody on the side, then we think of an excuse. Oh, it was something I done. Let me see what I done to have them to treat me this way. They put knots upside your head and you're trying to figure out what you done. God don't put no knot upside your head. He just loves you in spite of what you've done. He don't hit you. He just chastises you with the word, with his righteousness, and puts you back in place with him. But any man that's, well, man or woman that's beating you up like that ain't love. Because, see, you still try to figure out, what did I do to deserve this beating? See, you got to remember the man that took the beating for you didn't do nothing. He gave you his life so you can have that life and have it more abundantly. But the thing is, we don't want to give up nothing for God. Why? Because we got so many people in the place of God that we're saying, I'm going to do for them, God, before I do for you. You forget God is the creator. He created them as well as he created you. So that's why Peter and John said, I'd rather obey God than obey man. Because they were in a place with God. So I want to ask you, are you truly in a place with God to be delivered? Are you truly in a place to God to let go of these high places? Unforgiveness is a high place. Because if you cannot forgive your fellow, fellow or him or her or whoever, then you don't believe he forgave you. You're supposed to be able to forgive. You're supposed to be the first one, saints, set apart ones, to let go of unforgiveness. That's your high place. We're supposed to be able to say, God, I got unforgiveness. I'm bringing it down. It's not going to be above you. Grudges. Anything we place above God is our high place, y'all. So this is what Josiah did. He loved God so much with everything that was in him that he was willing to let go of everything that was not according to his word. So I'm going to ask you today, are you willing today to let go of these high places that you have put before God? And Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, this is what God told the people. Remember, He already gave them the promised land, y'all. 
All of the promises in Jesus Christ is yes and in him is amen. That means God ain't taking back what he had given. But you have to reach the promised land. You have to get there. So there's things in our lives that'll stop us from getting what God has already provided. And those are those high places. Listen at Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. I love this. In verse three, he talked about the commandments first. He said, hear therefore Israel and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of our fathers have promised thee in the land that flow with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And I like this. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. When the word is in your heart, you can love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with everything that's within you. You can love him if your heart is right. How is my heart right? Because I'm before the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, show me everything in me that's not right before you. And I'm getting rid of those things so my heart won't become hard towards God. But the main thing is, y'all, the more time you spend with God and know the love of God, you can't even love him until you know he first loved you. That's how we know him. By spending time with him, we know God's love. And the more time you spend with God and you get to know God and you get to know what God has done for you, guess what? You don't want nothing before God. Because you tasting and seeing just how good God is. Y'all, this is no game. Salvation is no game. It's no game of saying, catch me and see. No, because when you get caught through the word of God and he is your first love, you ain't letting nobody or nothing tear you away from the one you love. Come on, y'all. Let's quit playing games. We getting so that we getting so much attached to people that God is out the picture. This is what's happening. And I remember even in my marriage, I got so attached to this man, I thought he was everything. But when I went through, that man couldn't help me. I don't care how much he hold me. I don't care how many bills he laid before me to spend. That didn't matter. Come on, when you get to a place in your life that money don't matter no more. When you get to a place in your life that you recognize and your husband can't help you, your daddy can't help you, your cousins, nobody can help you. That's when you really start crying out before God and say, God, the doctor can't even help me. I need you, God. That's when he really hear you crying out from your heart and say, okay, baby, you, you're not playing. You come into a place with me because, y'all, I accepted God, accepted Jesus to get rid of how I was feeling. It didn't work, but I didn't turn back. I kept moving forward. And I say, God, if you can't help me, nobody can. And everything in my life, God showed me, you got to let go of it. He said, you're holding on to your husband too much. You're making him a God. I had to let go of my children. I had to let go of my family. I had to let go of everything. And I had to get into that word and let that word get into me. And that's why I believe that when people hurt me, it just goes past me. Why? Because I know a God who can now, when a husband hurts you, come on, women. When a husband hurts you, you're close to a husband. But when you're more closer to God, he will mend your broken heart. He will bind up all of your wounds. He will put you in a high place with him. He's not going to put 
you above him, but he puts you right in the midst of him and he holds you like a husband can't hold you. And every tear that you cry, he put it in a bottle. Y'all, I'm telling you, God loves you. And if you know his love, you'll quit doing what you're doing, even against folks. You'll roll it over to him and say, God, I don't know what to do about this, but your word says. So I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you to help me with this high place that's in my life because even the more I think about tearing it down, my flesh hurt. I can't do this by myself, but I'm willing to lay it down, but I need some help. I'm willing to let it go. I want to be your first love. Israel was his first love, and no matter what they did, God was there for his first love. They even went through and he told them how long they were going to go through. He said, but I'm going to bring you back to me because you're mine and nobody would be able to pluck you out of my hands. That's why God prepared men and women to speak on his behalf, to give them the word and say, this is what you're doing now, but this is how it's going to be. But you're going to go through for these many years. So God is telling you today, let go of these high places. And I'm going to say this again and again and again. And I hope people are listening. Facebook is a high place. People have put Facebook above God. Quit using God on Facebook just for you to get up there and change your profile. Or to tell somebody something. You make Facebook more of your God than you make God. When you could be in the word of God, reading the word of God, you're putting something funny on Facebook. (laughs) He ain't saving nobody. Come on. People making Facebook their high place. They got to see what somebody else is doing. They got to do above what somebody else is doing. Come on. This is what's happening. Well, my family went over here and done this. Next thing you know, yes, yes, here go portraits of us. It's a high place. This is where friendships get broken on Facebook. This is where relationships get scarred and tore up on Facebook. Why do you want everybody to know your business? Do you think people care? Come on, if you can't even get them to come in the house of God, do you think they care? Come on. Do you think they care you going on vacation and ain't never went? Do you think they care? You think people care you stay on a scratcher in a hospital in the emergency room, oh, I'm so sick. You think they care? Did they come to the hospital? Did they lay hands on you? You think they care? You want to be seen, heard, and attached to. You see so many people posing because they think they're pretty. And people get on Facebook, oh, you're so pretty. And in the back of their mind, they're saying, you need to sit down. Y'all need to shut down Facebook. This is no game. It's a high place. And Christians are using it. If you use it the right way for God, you will be kicked off Facebook. People ain't going to want to hear what you got to say. Even the friends you got, they're going to come out. They're going to be Muslims. They're going to hurt your feelings. You, I thought you were my friend. The only friend I got is Jesus. And the only time you're supposed to be on Facebook is telling them what God is telling you to tell them. Putting the scripture up there. This is what God is saying for you today. Not putting your face up there. How you like me now? 
I shed it 50 pounds. Look at me now. Who cares? Then when you put back on that 50, you don't show that picture. You don't. You keep it on Facebook. Somebody, you don't even know what to say on Facebook. You just want to be a part of Facebook. So you try to think of something you need to say. And then you're agreeing with something somebody's saying and ain't the truth. Because you ain't in here. Amen. I got something to tell y'all. Amen means so. How do you know it's so? And you ain't in the good book. How do you know? Come on, you got false prophets and false teachers that ain't even up under nobody saying, telling you stuff. Familiar spirits. You don't even know what a familiar spirit is. Familiar spirit is a spirit that got familiar with you. And now they're telling you something you want to hear and you're crying, oh, that's Jesus, that's ain't Jesus. Because anything they want to tell you, they don't have to get on Facebook. I'm seeing so many lies. Now, I can say this. Some people that's up there, they're trying to help you. But some people that's up there, they want attention. Come to me. All you who are heavenly laden. And I'll give you rest. That's what y'all want them to do. Come to me. I'm rejected. I'm alone tonight. I need company. Three, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Can't even get up for work. On Facebook. If I'm on Facebook that late, God is telling y'all something. Because I ain't going to be up wasting no time. So God said, these high places, they need to come down in your life. He said, I want to be first and foremost. And the only way I can be first is you developing a relationship with me. And when you develop that relationship with me, you're willing to tear down these high places. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, he said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You see that high thing in there? Y'all, we got some high things in our lives and we got to pull them down. Because if we don't pull them down, they're going to pull us down and they're going to keep us down. Because the enemy want us to exalt him above God. So, Father, I thank you that even through this teaching, that people are seeing the high places that they have put above you. And, Father, they're ready to let go of these high places and saying, God, I want you to use me the way you would use me. But I recognize as long as I'm putting someone or something above you, God, I'm not doing, God, what you will have for me to do. So, God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that every high place is rooted up, is torn down, God, and I put you above everything in my life. And I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise right now in Jesus' name. Y'all, we got some high places right here in Miracle Temple. And God is saying those high places got to be rooted up and they got to be torn down. God has no respectable persons, y'all. He reigned on the just as well as the unjust. He want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
He's not trying to put one ahead of another, but he know the hearts of his people. He know the ones that want to serve him with their whole heart, their mind, their soul. He said, I want you to serve me, to love me. And when you love me that way, you're going to tear it down. You're going to uproot it because you don't want nothing before him. So during the week, I want you to think about the people that you have put above God and how when they disappoint you, you feel like your whole life have crumbled. Come on, y'all. In marriages, not even marriages, but in relationships, when a man or woman hurts you, you feel like you just fall. Feel like something just left you. Feel just like you're just weak and can't think right no more. You know why? Because you done joined in them. They done joined to you. You done come into covenant. You done made soul ties. So see, that's why you cannot come together before marriage. Because when you come together before marriage, you ready to kill somebody over that woman. Now, over that man. Come on. Why is it? You got people killing themselves because a girl broke up with them. Or the man don't want them no more. So they feel like they can't make it no more. They can't live no more. Why is this? Save folk. Because they put this person above God. You didn't call me. Why you didn't call me? You know this is the time you called me. Don't you know you're supposed to call me? I want to breathe sometime. Well, breathe on me, baby. (laughs) Come on. This is how much it is. This is what we do. And then when we think we found a Christian, someone that we don't want to be unequally yoked with, and they say they save, and they acting like they save, we say they save. But when you spend more time with God, you'll find out. So let me tell you about the plan of salvation. Because if they are truly saved, them high places are being knocked down. They ain't going to clubs no more. They ain't listening to this foolish music. Because some people say it's okay for a man and a woman to listen to, um, what's his name? Y'all know who I'm, turn out the lights. Teddy. Turn out the lights, let's light a candle. It's okay for us to do that because we married now. Teddy wasn't saved. That's perversion in your bedroom. You light more than a candle up in there. People say that's, that's your high place. You got Teddy up here. Baby, turn on Teddy. You know what Teddy do to us. Do like Teddy said, baby. He said, turn out the lights. Where my candle, baby? You know, that, that, that just sets the mood, baby. He need to get out the bed with you. If Teddy doing all that for her, she's in the bed with Teddy. Now, I'm trying to help you people up in here. Anything you got to turn on with your husband and wife, you ain't into it with them. Anything you got to get in the mood to get you stirred up, where's the love? Nobody want to hear this truth. I'm going to bring the truth up in here. Now, it's time out for this foolishness. That's a high place. Bring Teddy on down. Talking about what we're going to play when we do this and we do that. Where you at, Christians? You're supposed to be planted, rooted, and and quit making excuses. Then you're going to go ask somebody, Pastor. Let me ask you a question. No. That don't work. No, it don't. Tear down these high places so you can get in the place, y'all, to love him. It feels so good because you know there is no disappointment 
in God. Y'all, that's why I'm so hated. That's why people say they don't come to Miracle Temple. Because I'm too holy. I'd be telling you stuff. I shouldn't be telling you truth. I should be telling you to go. Is it turn it out, turn it up? Whatever it is. That's what I should be telling you to do. But it don't work like that because I love him. When I love him, y'all going to know I love him. And I ain't going to be trying to just do it to do it. That's just my lifestyle. And you can love people when you love God, even your worst enemy. So God says, get rid of these high places. Serve me. Love me with your whole heart. Athea, isn't there a song, love me? Oh, see, he's on it. Isn't God good? Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you didn't hear that, something's wrong. Tell him again. Don't act like you didn't hear it now because you held accountable because you walked up in here today. So we're going to open up this altar today. And this right here, when we open up the altar, y'all, we just lay it down at the altar. If you don't want to come to the altar, that's okay. But if you know that God has spoke to your heart today, and you know that you've been putting things even above God, you don't even have to be ashamed. Just let go and let God. This is between you and God. You don't have to worry about nobody else. It's just time for us to get it right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, God. There's a voice that cries out in the silence, searching for a heart that will love him. Glory, God. Longing for a child that will give him their all. Can you give him your all today? God is just asking. He said, I want it all. Can you give him everything today? Come on. Only thing you got to do is walk up here. God's going to do the rest. Because God knows your heart. That's all you got to do. And longing for a child that will give him their can you give him your all today? He wants Come on, he wants it all. And he says, love me, love me with your whole heart. Come on, can you give him your whole heart today? He want it all. Come on, he want it all. It's about you. It ain't about nobody else. Come on, he, he wants it all. Bow down, let go of your eyes. Come on, he wants it all today. 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 He wants it all. There's a God that walks over the earth. Glory, God. He's searching for a heart that is desperate. Glory, God. Longing for a child that will give him their Come on, give him y'all, y'all. Come on, God is right here. He's right now. He's here. Come on. Come on, give him your whole heart. God want it all today. Come on, change your come. Come on, he wants it all today. Come on, give it to him. Come on, he wants it all. Come on, just lay it down.
it all y'all hallelujah who would not want to turn to a God who gave his life for us and we didn't deserve it he said if I gave freely my son if he gave his son how much freely would he give us all things now that's love isn't it if there's somebody in this room today that have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior now is your time. Jesus paid the price, y'all, for our past, our present, and our future sins. How did he do that? By shedding his blood. And he shed his blood for us even when we were not in the right place with him. He demonstrated his love. And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life even when we were in sin. Why? Because he had to do away with sin. Sin is not what's going to keep us out of heaven. Rejecting Jesus is what's going to keep us out of heaven because he done away with sin. And he want us to come to him with our whole heart knowing that this is what he done for us. He redeemed us. He sanctified us. He justified us. He done all this for us. He reconciled us to God. Without Jesus, y'all, we will be nothing. And Jesus is the only way that we can get to the Father, that we can get to heaven. Y'all, you cannot get there on your own. I don't care how much good that you do until you have a heart change. 
And the only way you can have a heart change is hearing this good news on what Jesus have done. I don't care if you say, well, I'm waiting till I get it right. Well, you'll never get it right. Jesus made it right for you once and for all. So is there one that say, Lord, I am ready to give you my all. I am ready to lay everything down just like you laid it down for me because I understand what you've done. Is there one? Father, we thank you. And we praise you, God. Even for the ones that are sitting there and that you're knocking on the doors of their heart and you say, can I come in? Can I sup with you? God, even for those, I thank you that salvation has already been paid for on their behalf. And I thank you, God, that they're realizing that they need you as their Lord and as their Savior. So, God, we thank you and we praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Because God don't want anybody lost, y'all. He don't want anybody lost. He want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to tell y'all this, and I'm going to close. My little granddaughter sitting right here. I had on a shirt the other day, and the shirt I had on, it was showing where Jesus was pierced. And you could see the blood running from his hands. And she looked at me, and she said, Mimo, what happened? And I began to explain to her what happened to Jesus. Yana, do you want to tell them? You want to tell them? Hand me the mic, honey. Come up here, Yana. This little girl told me. She act like she don't want to talk, and we can't never get her to hush. Yana, could you tell them why did Jesus die? Why did he die? You're not going to tell them? Tell them why he died. She acting shy now. But I asked her, I said, why did Jesus die, Yana? She said, he died for all of our sins. And then I said, well, if we don't accept him, Yana, what's going to happen? She said, we're going to go to hell and burn forever. So she was standing up there beside me and she had her hand up. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm accepting him. So what am I, what am I telling y'all? It's no excuse. Because she's only three years old. And she, when I explained it to her, she opened up her heart and she took her hands. She kissed her hands and she touched where Jesus was wounded. And she said, oh, it's no excuse in this room. Not one. Even children come before him humble. And if I'm explaining it to a three-year-old and she's opening up her heart and just reaching up to heaven. Come on, what's wrong with the adults? High places. Things that we don't want to let go of because young folks think the world have everything they need. But young folks, I got something to tell you. The good news is when you accept Jesus that your sins are done away with. But there is some bad news. Hell is bad news. Because when you reject Jesus... And you heard this gospel. And when Jesus come back for his church at the rapture, there's going to be seven years of tribulation here on earth where you're going to go through some times like it was never before. Meaning that if you don't have the mark of the beast, 
you're going to die right there in your sins. So this is why you got an opportunity now to get caught up with him in the air. And while they're in tribulation for seven years, we're going to be up there with the king of kings and the Lord of lords sitting around the table, seeing Abraham, Isaac, and all of those. We're going to be at rest with him. We're going to be at peace. No more tears and, and no more pain. But the ones that refuse to hear this good news, there is a place that wasn't made for you and it's called hell. It was made for Satan and his demons. It was not made for God's people. That's why God keep coming in and saying, you got to remove these things. Y'all think this is to play with. This is serious business. In hell, the maggots and worms don't even die. You burn forever. There was a man that went to hell. He had all the money he needed. And then there was a beggar named Lazarus just wanted the crumbs from his table. Mm -mm. Lazarus woke up in Abraham's bosom. The man opened his eyes and he's seeing Lazarus from afar off in Abraham's bosom. And he said, let me come over there. He said, there's a gulf between him and you. He can't come to you and you can't go to him. He said, but just let him come and just touch my tongue with some water. He couldn't come. He said, well, send him back to my brothers. He said, if they wouldn't hear the prophets and they wouldn't hear Moses, they ain't going to hear a dead man. It was too late for this man. He couldn't go back. He wanted to tell him how bad it was. The Bible is telling you that the worms and the maggots don't die. You constantly burning forever and you aware of what's going on don't let people stop you from getting into a place that God made available for you through his son the choice is yours amen, amen. come on give God a hand clap of praise <laughs> give God a hand clap. God is such a good God isn't he do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand any visitors?